Wow. Let's go. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Hume Lake, I see you. Okay, Hume SoCal, let's get it. Okay, all right, let's keep it real. I'm not the only one that jumped at that one scary part. Mm-hmm, I know y'all did too. I know y'all did too. The whole room was like, <gasps> they didn't tell us we was going to be scared out there, huh? They didn't tell us. I played it off good, though. Didn't nobody notice. I just was looking at y'all. I was looking at y'all. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that incredible? Oh, come on. That's good stuff right there, y'all. That's good stuff right there. Okay. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me explain a little something to you about these kings, man. These kings back in the Bible, they were crazy. Somebody look at the person next to you and say, they crazy. Hey, extra points for those of you that said it like I said it. I just want to say that. I heard a little, they crazy out there. I heard a little bit of that. The kings were crazy, y'all. The kings were crazy, and here's what made them super-duper crazy is because they thought they were gods. The kings thought they were gods. So they thought they were sovereign, that they ruled over everything. That's why this morning we talked about the fact that our God, Jesus, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, our God is sovereign. That means he's the boss. He's in control. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords, right? The beginning and the end. So we know our king is sovereign, but all these other kings thought they were sovereign too. Our God is sovereign. Our God is super omni. And here's what's dope. We learned this morning that our God is what? All right, say it with me. God is good all the time, man. One more time. Say it with me. God is good all the time, and all the time God is? Amen. Our God is? Okay, y'all ready. Our God is? Hey, our God is? Our God is good. And throughout the book of Daniel, we see moments of our God's sovereignty. Where the Bible will say, in in the book of Daniel, it will say, God gave King Nebuchadnezzar the opportunity to do this. God gave, God let, God allowed. God was in the mix the whole time. And I'm going to put God's goodness Right there, just in case. So, you, hey, leaders, anybody need? I just, I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. We, we ain't gonna tell nobody though. We're just gonna tap them with it. Bank, just tap, tap them with it, just a little bit. I'm gonna put God's goodness right there. And what we saw and what we see so often is we see that God is absolutely in control. All right, turn your Bibles to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3, y'all. It's about to go down. Tell the person next to you, it's about to go down. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. All right. Daniel chapter 3. 
Daniel chapter 3, and we are going to be looking at verse 13. But before we get there, I just want to catch you up on a little bit. Last place we left Daniel, um, we, we saw that he was resolute in his obedience to God. He resolved and said he wasn't going to eat the food that the king provided. You, you guys remember that from this morning? I'm not going to eat the things that you provide, king, that's not going to honor my God. And here's what the thing is. The reason why Daniel didn't eat that food, couldn't eat that food, is because under Mosaic law, that's a law that the Jewish people lived by in this time. Under Mosaic law, God's people lived under that. You can't eat food sacrificed to idols. And... King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian Empire would sacrifice food, and this is for you, oh God of the ocean or whatever. Like they would sacrifice the food to the God to their gods, and da Daniel was like, mm -mm, "Not today, not today. I ain't doing it." And so that's where we left him off. And then in chapter two, something happens to King Nebuchadnezzar. He gets a dream, just like the dude in this film. Just like the trash king in the film, he gets a dream. King Nebuchadnezzar has this huge dream, and he goes to all his interpreters in the kingdom, and he says, tell me what my dream was about. Tell me about it. Talk to me about it. And everybody's nervous because they like, look, if we get this wrong, that brother going to kill us, okay? See, the kings were shady. The kings weren't good. They weren't good. They thought they were so they weren't sovereign and they were not good. They ruled in fear. Be scared of me. Be scared of the consequences of disobeying me or disappointing me. And so often what we do is we take that and we think that is how our God is. And I'm here to tell you, family, that's not our God. That's not our Jesus. He is not that way. Amen? Amen. Amen. So King Nebuchadnezzar says, I had a dream. Tell me about it, what it means, all that good stuff. And if y'all don't tell me, I'm killing everybody. Everybody's going down. And Daniel's like, wait, hold on, time out. Just like in the film, I know, I know the God who, like, who, who gives dreams. I know the dreams. I know. And here's what I want to point out. In Daniel chapter 2, and we're going to get to chapter 3 in just a few moments. In Daniel chapter 2, I just want to point out in verse... 17 and 18, Daniel calls on the Lord for help to interpret the dream, and he calls on his boys. He calls on his friends. He goes to his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He goes to them, and he's like, look, y'all, help a brother out. I'm scared. Now, that's the Damien Easter translation, okay? That's my translation, but that's what he does. He goes and he tells him, uh, hey, I need your help. I need your help. Long story, less long. They go in. God gives them a vision of the, uh, the interpretation of the dream. They go and they tell King Nebuchadnezzar, this is what the dream means. King Nebuchadnezzar has his moment where he's like, wow, your God is awesome. How soon we forget Daniel. Chapter 3, verse 13. Furious with rage, 
Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, It is true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up. Now, we... No, you may not know. I'm going to tell you right now. King Nebuchadnezzar created a 90-foot statue of himself. I think I mentioned it the first night. 90 feet. Yeah. I think it might be even bigger than this building. I'm not good with that type of math. That's not my gifting. But 90 feet is a lot of feet. It's very high. And every time music played, They had to bow down and worship that thing. Every time they heard music, it was time to bow down and worship that thing. This big old graven image of King Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They are like, "Mm -mm, no, we can't do it. So now they are brought before the king and the king questions them. Verse 15, he said, now when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Now, I don't know if you remember this, but um, on the first night, which was just last night, hallelujah, on the first night, I had you kind of highlight and underline that last little sentence, then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand. See, King Nebuchadnezzar didn't know our God like that. King Nebuchadnezzar didn't know that our God was the God that was able to rescue them from this king. And now, here's what I'm going to do. Have y'all, okay, let me make sure I'm not just the only weirdo in the room. When y'all read the Bible sometimes, do you add, like, character voices? Okay, I got a few of you. I got a few. Weirdos unite. Chest bump. Okay. Okay. Um, I, 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 I read with voices sometimes in the Bible. And sometimes the voices get weird and a little inappropriate, I will be honest. But they make me laugh. I could be doing my devotional time and I'm giggling at the voices. But right here, here's what I want to do. I want to read... Verse 16, and I want to read it with a little attitude. Y'all ever, read, y'all ever read the scriptures and you put a little inflection of a little attitude in that thing? Just a little attitude. Now, y'all know how to have attitude, I'm sure. When your parents take away your device, mm-hmm. attitude. When your parents say it's time to turn off the video games, attitude. When your parents say, I'm going to need you to clean up your room that you live in that's filled with your stuff, attitude, right? Attitude. And and I know some of y'all are like, nope, never have an attitude ever. I obey everything. Ha ha, I'm great. I love you. You're awesome. But attitude, y'all ready? attitude. Hold on, my mic fell. Let me fix that. Let me fix it. Hallelujah. And let me get back to Daniel. We're going to read this thing. Am I off? Can you guys hear me? Okay. Holy glory. Let me make sure y'all can. Let me make sure we all. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we good? Okay, there we go. Wait. This is. All right. Can you hear me? Okay. 
All right, that's just going to have to be how it's going to be for the rest of the night. Hallelujah. Okay, so we're going to read this thing. We're going to read this thing with a little bit of attitude. Verse 16. Here we go. A little bit of attitude. Oh, oh, this blesses my soul. I get excited. Okay. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Oh, spicy. They spicy. They spicy right there. You got to read the spiciness into it. You got to read that. Verse 17. If we are thrown in the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from, the magi- from the, your majesty's hand. Mm. Verse 18. But. Shadrach, what I say? You said but. Meshach, what I say? You said but. But. You got my back, fellas? Hey, come on up here. You got my back, fellas? But. Even if he does not, we want you to know. Your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Uh. But hey, okay, okay, now watch this. Now look, 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 you got to keep, you got to stay in it because the Bible's awesome. You got to stay in it because the Bible's awesome. It, it said Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied that way to the king. But here's what's crazy. I was studying this and looking at this this morning and looking at it, and it's so funny because I just imagine like at least one of them was kind of nervous. At least one of them was like, yeah, <laughs> right? One of them was like, oh, uh, dang, I didn't know he was going to say, hey. Abednego, did you know, did you know Meshach was gonna say that like that to the king? You didn't know he was gonna say that? I didn't either. He sound kind of crazy, don't he? And he's like, Your Majesty! <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like, what if they're all not brave, right? Like, like it seems like they're all just like, dun 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 dun. But what if like one of them is like, dun 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 I love this because the first thing we see, the first thing we see in this story, and we're talking about and answering the question of how do you and I, as believers, how do we persevere in our faith? How do we persevere in our faith in a world? How are we resilient in our faith in a world that is hostile against our faith? How do we do that? And right here, the first thing we see and the first thing I want you to grab is this. If you take notes, write this down. Who you hang with matters. Oh, I know. I know some of y'all are like, but I'm a good Christian, and my Christian magic will just get on to them. Okay, Jesus, Jesus, he's our man. Jesus, Jesus, get him. Great, right? That's what we think so often. 
We think that the Jesus magic is just going to rub off on the people around us. And, oh, I love Jesus. They'll get it. They'll get it. And I'm here to tell you, family, um, um, Daniel didn't run to people that didn't believe in the same God as him. Daniel didn't run to people that looked like the culture he was surrounded by. Daniel didn't run to get help from people. Oh, come on. You, how many of y'all, you know that friend, you have that friend that no matter how you're feeling, that friend is going to support you, right? That friend, even if you know you wrong, you need to apologize because you made the mistake. That friend is going to be like, uh-uh, they shouldn't have said that about you. You deserve better. What you, like, and you're like, but I was kind of wrong. I, I shouldn't have said what I said. I don't care. You say whatever you want. They need to respect you. What? No. We all have those friends that we run to that will agree with everything we say. They won't challenge us. They won't help us grow. And what we see right here, in order for you and I to be resilient in our faith on this side of eternity, who you hang out with matters. Oh, why? Because you will need somebody. When your back's against the wall, you'll need somebody that can pray with you and pray for you. Oh, can I tell you, when your back is against the wall, family, you will need somebody that will stand by you even if they're scared. They will stand by you and support you when you stand up for your faith. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew who to run to because the reality of our faith is sometimes you won't feel like you can feel the presence of God. Sometimes you won't feel like God is with you, God is for you. Sometimes you will feel the exact opposite, that if God is so good, if God is with me, if he is for me, why am I going through what I am going through? That's when you need a friend. That's when you need a youth leader. That's when you need a youth pastor that can take your hand and put your hand in the hand of the Savior that you can't see, but they have enough faith to believe that he's right there with you. Who you hang out with. Who you hang out with matters. That's the first thing we get from this. That's the first thing we get from this. That's the first thing we get from this is who you and I hang out with. It matters, family. It matters, family. And I love the scriptures because God knows that it matters. He knows that these things matter. The next thing that I want you to write down is for us to be resilient. For us to be resilient on this side of eternity in our faith. And I say this side of eternity because um, um, Jesus prayed that we would experience eternal life right now. I think it's in John 17. And what he defined as eternal life is he said eternal life is knowing you, knowing God, knowing Jesus. 
That's eternal life. So you and I don't have to wait till we get home to heaven to experience eternal life. You and I experience eternal life right here, right now, as we get to know God. That's why I say this side of eternity. Because eternity doesn't stop or start when we stop breathing here. We just take a different breath in a different location. That's what I mean when I say this side of eternity. So on this side of eternity, this side of eternity is fallen. This side of eternity is broken. Sin came in and wrecked this place. Sin came in and wrecked our hearts, our minds, our lives, our world. Sin came in and has done some damage. And because of that, we can expect to go through hard times. And if you take notes, I want you to write that down. Expect to go through hard times. Expect to go through hard times. Expect to go through hard times. I'll I'll tell you, um, it was uh, my my firstborn son. His name's Malachi, 17 years old. Um, when he was first born, I was, uh, he, was, he, was, he was a honeymoon baby, you know, hallelujah. Um, praise the Lord. Uh, maybe that, I shouldn't have said that, but hallelujah. Um, <laughs> he was a honeymoon baby. And I, the reason why I say that is because that was a big year for me. Um, my, son, my son was being born that year. I had just started, uh, I had just gotten hired full-time in ministry. Um, I was, I was serving around the church for a while and, and they saw something in me and they were like, well, you come and do this job. And I was like, Ooh, okay. And then, um, and I had just gotten married. I had just gotten married, hence honeymoon baby. And, um, and it was an exciting year for me, y'all. I was hyped. I was super excited. God was moving. I was like, Lord, I'm in my career. My girl is here. My son's on the way. And I was so happy. I had, the, I had my son's ultrasound picture. I don't know if y'all know ultrasound picture. And I was, like, I was like, look, he got my nose. And I would put the picture up. And I was, I was in the elevator. I was showing people in the elevator. You know, elevators are very awkward, okay? But I didn't care. I was like, hey, ma'am, look, this is my son. He got my nose. I did that. I didn't care. I did not care. I was excited. And my son is born. I was super scared, all kinds of stuff going on. My wife was mad at me for dumb things that I was doing because I didn't know what I was doing. And it was like, I need you next to me. I was like, I need to fill out this paperwork. She was like, get over here. I was like, ma'am, I will fill it out later. She is going to kill me. So I was by my wife after that. And my son's born. And, um. Nurse comes in, checks on him, leaves, kind of lets us and the family. This was, this, was, this was well before COVID when you could have everybody and their mama in the room. <laughs> you have a baby, it's like, oh, your whole, your whole block can come in and sit and look at the baby. So we have family, friends, everybody around. Nurse comes back in and kind of just peeks in. And, you know, Malachi's starting to kind of throw up a little bit. And... Um, Nurse comes in again, and this time she takes Malachi, takes Malachi. I was like, oh, man, that's okay. Usually it doesn't happen, (laughs) you know. 
And I was, you know, just usually doesn't happen. Thought just, okay, I gotta go do something. And then nurse comes back. And uh, I may be remembering it a little bit fuzzy. Um, the big, big thing is Malachi had a condition called tracheosophagia fistula. I know, I know, I know. It took me three years to learn how to say that. Here's what it is. When you're born, his esophagus created a pocket like this, created a pocket. His stomach was connected to something over here. So whenever he would drink, it was only a matter of time before it would overflow and he would throw up. So there was no way for the nourishment to get to his body. So what had to happen was they had to cut him open here. They had to cut his stomach from where it was connected. They had to cut open his esophagus. They had to stretch his stomach over to his esophagus and sew it up. That happened the very next day after he was born. Okay, so I'm going to keep it real with you. Safe space. I was very angry. I was very scared. And I remember family. I remember it like it was yesterday. In my heart, I was so frustrated with God. And, I, and there was dialogue in my head. And I, I don't even remember if I said this out loud, but I, I, I know I felt it in my heart. I was mad. I was like, Lord. I love you. I serve you. I'm trying to live my life for you. I tell people about your son. I read your word. I pray. I serve you. And this is what you do to me. I do everything for you, king. And this is what you do to me? Are you serious? I don't know that I said all that out loud. I just know that I felt it in my heart. And a room full of people are looking at me because I'm Pastor D. I'm Pastor D. And what does the pastor have to do in that moment? The pastor is supposed to have great faith. The pastor is supposed to be the one that says, gather around, everyone. We're going to just pray heaven down. The boy will be fine. The boy will be fine. We're going to just pray heaven down. <laughs> no. But there were people around me, and, they, and, and they, these people really loved me and my wife and our family, and they really cared about us, and they were God-fearing people. And so I prayed, and my prayer sounded something like this. My prayer was, Lord, I don't know why this is happening. I'm scared and I'm frustrated. And I don't know why this is happening. And if I'm honest, I don't even want to be talking to you. But God, I'll give you praise. I'll give you praise and just help. I, 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 I didn't have it, y'all. 
I didn't have this great mountain. I didn't have 90-foot faith. (laughs) My faith wasn't big that night. But my God was. And I love the Lord because the scriptures tell us that all we need is a mustard seed. All you need is a little bit of faith can move a big mountain. Little bit of faith, big mountain move. Little bit of faith, big mountain move. That's what our God tells us. And can I tell you, I I ended up, my son got put in an ambulance. We had to go about uh, uh, 45 minutes to an hour away to Los Angeles where they had professionals at the Kaiser uh, Children's Hospital that that knew what they were doing when it came to the thing that my son was born with. And I remember I was driving in my car. I had to leave my wife who had just given birth. I got in my car. I'm following the ambulance. It's pouring down rain. I'm scared. And then he goes, has surgery. We have him home for a little bit. Then in the middle of the night, he starts choking. And his little hands start turning blue. And I have to give him CPR so he can breathe again. My wife wakes up in the middle of the night just worried. She grabs and puts him on the bed. I have to give him, I call 911, I have to give him CPR so he can breathe again. They come in, take him right back at the hospital. Why, God? Then my my pastor, at the time he came, him and his wife, they had lost their only son to cancer at a young age. And they came, and they talked to my wife and I, and they just said to us, they said, do you think God has you? And I was like, I guess. <laughs> see, 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 this is why who you hang out with matters. Because they'll ask you the hard questions that'll get you to the answers that, that maybe not the answer you want, but maybe it's the answer you need. It might not be what you want, but maybe it's what you need. It might not be what you want, but maybe it's what you need. And what I wanted was my son to be out of the hospital, but what I needed was to be introduced to a God who can do the impossible when it looks impossible. So that I can stand in front of a room full of people and tell them from experience that we have a God who can do the impossible when it looks impossible. But even if he doesn't, he's still God. And he's still good. God came through in a major way for me and my family. But can I tell you, I can stand here and tell you, there's number, a number, a number of times where I thought God was going to come through in a certain way, but he didn't. And I felt disappointment. And I just want to encourage somebody, you've been disappointed. You've been disappointed. And it's caused you to be confused about your faith. It's caused you to be confused about your God. And I just want to encourage you, in your confusion, in your questions, fall at the feet of Jesus and let him work all things for the good. Oh, it's one thing to read it. It's a whole other thing to experience a God who works all things for 
the good. So expect hard times, not just not just because you and I do good things, but just expect hard times because it's the world that we live in. So how are we resilient? Expect hard times. And then in the movie, and I'm going to end here, in the movie, I love what uh, Birchwood, is that her name? Driftwood. And that ain't really her name. I think it's Delore, nope, Dr- Dolly. Darlene, look at y'all know the movie. Let's go. Y'all paying attention. Hume Lake. Hume. Okay. So I love what she said when she said something like, I don't know how, but I know who. And if you take notes, write this down. How do we be resilient? Don't focus on the why. Get to know the who. Ooh, I'm a why guy. Do I have any why people in the house? And what I mean by that is when something happens, you want to know why. (laughs) Yes. When something happens, I want to know why. When something happens to my friends, I want to know why. When something happens to me, I want to know why. And what I want to encourage you all in is this. It's not about knowing why. It's about knowing who. It's about knowing who. And then, and then, and I'm, I'm going to read this part in verse 19. It says, then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual. Seven times hotter than usual. Seven times hotter than usual. How much hotter than usual? Crazy. Seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. Verse 21. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing fire. Verse 22. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah, whoa, verse 23, and these three men firmly tied, these three men firmly tied, these three men, what? Firmly tied, tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, calm down, Damien, I get excited though I can't, okay. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. They were thrown into a fire. See, 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 this has never happened before in the history of people being thrown in fiery furnaces. 
See, first of all, first of all, this was a common practice. Kings just, okay, you didn't please me, fiery furnace. See, the king had never turned it up seven times hotter. He turned it up seven times hotter. This was the first time this heater has ever been heated that hot. There we go. That was the first time it's ever been that hot. And this was the first time. That someone was thrown in to a furnace that hot and they were not alone. Oh, I'm here to tell you, family, that wherever it is hot in your life, wherever you feel like you are in a hot furnace, I want you to know that you are not alone. But I feel alone. My feelings make me feel alone. My friends left me so they don't want to talk to me. This friend group doesn't want to have anything to do with me. My parents are very mad at me. All I feel is alone. I want to encourage you in your God. Oh, I'm not encouraging you in your feelings because your feelings can deceive you. But I'm encouraging you in a God who never will. So try your best to not be so concerned with the why. But get to know the who. Amen. Y'all are getting good. This is second night and you're amen and at a good spot. I thank you for that. You get to know the who. And the who is Jesus. See, I don't get to know him, and I, I don't have the faith I have in God if I didn't go through what I went through with my son. One, I'm just being real. That, I'm, I'm just being real. And I'm not, I'm not saying like, like, uh, like everyone should go through hard times. That's not the gospel. Just everyone suffer, everyone suffer. But the, a part of the gospel is suffering. <laughs> Our, we, we, we believe in a suffering Savior. He went through some things. And when we go through hard things, we get to know a peace of God that we didn't know before. Oh, you get to know him in ways that you didn't know him before. So don't get so caught up on the why that you miss the who. Don't get so focused on why this is happening to me that you miss that there is a God in the fire with you. And the last thing is this. Put your hands up. Give me a fist just like this. Let's do it a little bit better. Stand up to your feet. Put your hands up. I know. Stretch it out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stretch it. Okay, right here. Look at this. Watch this. Hands up. To be resilient on this side of eternity. You and I, we have to try our best not to hold on so tightly to our will. We have to try our best not to hold on so, give it a tight fist, give it a tight fist. We have to try hard not to hold on so tightly to our outcomes. Because when we hold on so tightly to our outcome, we don't allow room and space for God to come in and do what only he can do. 
That's why they said, our God will deliver us. Our God can deliver us. But even if he doesn't, when, when he got to that, even if he doesn't, here's what he was doing. He was, he was doing this. Just open up your hand, just like that. Ooh, right there. He was opening up his hand. And with our hands open, he's saying, God, do whatever you want to do in this. I'm open to whatever you want to do in my life. I'm open to whoever you want to remove out of my I'm open, I'm open, I'm open. So I want to pray this prayer over us as we get ready to go into worship. Hands up, wide open, simple prayer. Maybe you'll hold on to it. Maybe you'll take it down the mountain with you. Maybe you'll talk about it in your small groups. Simple prayer, and it is this. Repeat this after me. Say, your will, your way, your time. That's it. God, I pray your will, your way, your time. Your will, your way, your time. Lord, we live our life open-handedly, trusting and believing in you because you are good. And we just say thank you, King, that you have met every single one of us in this space. Thank you that we can expect hard times, but in expecting hard times, we can expect our hardcore Savior to be present. Oh, hallelujah. We thank you that in hard times, we have an opportunity to get to know Jesus. And we thank you for a simple prayer. Your will, your way, your time. We pray this in Jesus' name. And if you believe it, let me hear you say amen. 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 Let's worship God together. Amen. Hey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God.